Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's like a cult. This is Oilers Now. Welcome, everybody. Bob Stauffer joining you. Rogers Place, Ice District, the Edmonton Oilers, and the San Jose Sharks. Aaron Dell, he of the 894 save percentage against Oilers backup Anthony Stollers. Sharks can score. I have no idea what's going to happen tonight. Some guests in Oilers Now received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Wow. I might have to do the show off my phone here. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Go down and see Maggie at Roos Chris Steakhouse and tell her Oilers Now sent you. And but Bob Stoffer needs a new computer screen. There you go. Uh, yes, indeed, Roos Chris Steakhouse. This is called a re-edit on the fly here. My apologies. Yeah, some guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that orders now sent you. Reef, Reed, what do you see there, man? A broken screen. All that travel this season. Let's get right to it. Uh, Louis DeBrusque is actually, as I look down here on the ice at Rogers Place from the eighth floor of our broadcast location, uh, Louis's out there. So we pre-taped Louis DeBrusque. We'll get to that conversation right here, right now. Louis, we start our weekly hit on a, a bit of a downer, and that's the situation that the Edmonton Oilers are in. You were with the Oilers uh, in the early to mid-1990s as the team went through a bit of a rebuild at that time. Um, of course, Edmonton went to the third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs in both 91-92. I've suggested those years they did it on fumes uh, off those great teams that won the five cups in seven years. Um, how challenging is it for the player? And I don't think this year's team was a terrible team. They just were never a really good team. They were just, you know, a, an average team. But how difficult is it for players to play out the string as Edmonton, uh, you know, finishes off here against San Jose and Calgary? I think, to be honest with you, for the Oilers this year, and I was in a similar situation with my last year with the Phoenix Coyotes, 
we got eliminated the last game of the season, or second last game of the season. So we had one game to go at the end of the year, and very similar to Edmonton, they found out they had three games remaining in the season. So it wasn't like they found out a month ago and they're trying to play 10, 12 games where they know they're out of the playoffs. But there's no question that grinding down the stretch, trying to gain ground on teams that are continually staying in the mix as well and gaining, and you're not seeing any results after winning some games, can be pretty frustrating. I know Ken Hitchcock has talked about that a few times. Just the grind starts to add up and wear down on you. And I think we've seen that a little bit with the Oilers, and especially against the Avalanche. Once they had found out they were mathematically eliminated the game before, you know, they came out, they got a 2 nothing lead, but after that, it was all Avalanche. They, they kind of took control of the game. Now, sometimes you'll come back down to reality. You understand that you pushed for it, you fought for it, it didn't happen. They have two games remaining. One last home game, which you always want to have a good outing in. You want to come out and have a good showing in your last game at home in front of your home fans that have supported you all year long. And then you go on the road and you finish it off at a Battle of Alberta. For me, those are two easy games to get motivated for. And I think that the team, that's the that's the attitude they're going to take is, let's finish strong. You heard Darnell Nurse talk about it last game. Let's play for one another here. Let's finish the season off and then move forward. And you kind of hope that's what the team does. Uh, Vince Lombardi once said, fatigue makes cowards of us all. I look at Miko Koskinen, and a lot of people right now are criticizing the extension that he got and have no belief that he could be a number one goaltender. He has started 24 of 25 games. Yeah. And I, with all due respect to the KHL, the caliber of the shooter in this league is better. And if you get tired and you're deeper in your crease, and he plays deep, deep in your crease, and, and your shoulders are down, guys in this league can pick you apart. So would um, you agree or disagree that this might not be the best way to judge Costin just because of the extensive workload he has had down the stretch? Well, I think you hit the nail right in the head. There's no question he's played probably too much too much hockey. He's played too many games, but it was by de- by default he had to. You know, there was no real choice. He was the best goalie. He had to start, and he was going to try and grind away and help his team get into the playoffs. The one thing I will say, though, is we talk a lot about the career highs this year on the Edmonton Oilers. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Chase on, Darnell Nurse now with 40 points. That's five players we talk about respectively. Well, Miko Koskinen set career highs this year, too, as well. People don't realize this is his first real taste of a full season in the National Hockey League. So he will learn from this. I think this will be invaluable, him going into the offseason, understanding what it takes to play on a nightly basis at this level, just like you said. It's a lot different than the KHL. This is the real deal. This is the best league in the world, the best shooters. And for him, he has been exposed in certain situations. I think we've maybe made more of that than should be made of it. But yes, I do think fatigue is a factor, mentally and physically, but at the same time this will bode him well moving forward as well. I truly believe that. I know I'm more of a positive guy in that nature, but I think anytime you can be thrown into a fire, so to speak, like that, where you really have to battle and face that adversity, it can only bode well moving forward for you to work on the things you need to work on and come in rejuvenated and ready to go next year. We're joined by NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst, analyst on the Oilers television broadcast, former Edmonton Oiler, Louis DeBrusque. Louis, Connor McDavid made some comments after the Oilers' loss against Vegas. For the Oilers' trollsters out there, the guys that love to pick everything apart about Edmonton, uh, they ran with it. Uh, oh, here we go. For Does it not make... 
sense that the guy would be a little bit disappointed just finding out that the team admit like it like what did he expect like what did people expect him to say you know what I'm saying for me I was like it's about time you know here's the thing the kid has been really good at keeping his emotions in check he hasn't really been a guy that says a lot to the media he doesn't want to you know go out and say something that he's going to regret down the road he's very thoughtful and that process has been there right from the get-go with Connor McDavid he was frustrated he's a, he's a, he's a, a mad individual and he should be and I think that's great I really do I said on the air the other night in the game versus the Avalanche when someone like Connor McDavid says the thing, things that he says it resonates throughout the team in a good way, in a positive way. Um, the more frustrated, the more angry you start to get with losing, the harder you're going to work to try and become better. And it starts with your leaders and it starts with your top players. And once again, every, the last three years, he set career highs all three years, including this year. And I have no doubt he's going to probably push that total next year again. That's the type of player that he is. This is a good thing for the Edmonton Oilers, a frustrated Connor McDavid, because he's going to come in and make sure that he's doing everything in his power. And now it's important for them to build around him and make sure he has the support he needs. We are joined by NHL Hockey on Rogers analyst Louis DeBrus, Bob Starfer with you on Oilers now. It is pretty uh, pretty remarkable that we've got five forwards with career years offensively. I mean, McDavid, and I, I said this uh, earlier, Adam, at 117 points. 117 points for Connor, so I'm not going to be too far off. The guy I missed on was dry settle. I only had, I don't, don't even think I had him at 80 points on the year. Uh, I certainly didn't have him on 47 goals. Do individual numbers, Matt, like, have you noticed, because I kind of have, that I think they've gone out of their way to try to get Leon up to 50. Could that be a negative, or is it just a straight positive to keep the engagement level there? for the players over the final couple games. Like, you know they're going to go out of their way to try to get Leon to 50. And they should. You know, that's a huge number, and it's a milestone that not many players in the history of the game have achieved. So, of course you're going to try and get him that 50 goals, and I have no problem with it. I think there's the games inside the game. There's always little things you're playing for to motivate you. Do I think that they would take away a grade-A scoring chance to try and give him 50 goals? Maybe now that they're out mathematically, but five games ago, no, it was about playing. But if the opportunity came up to give him an opportunity to score a goal, then you were going to do it. We saw a couple passes from McDavid maybe forcing over to him. But that's just the nature of the game. But I, here's the thing. I, I, I think it's a great thing. And you're, I have to agree with you, Bob. I didn't see this coming from Leon Dreisaitl. He's taken a giant step this year. And not only a step offensively, but I think a step in his body language. I think a step in the way he carries himself on the ice. He's starting to really believe, I think, in himself and internally that he can be one of the best players in this game. And he's shown that on nights where he's just dominated. So that's a real positive sign moving forward. We talk about McDavid a lot. Well, he's got a running mate now in Leon Dreisaitl where I think when teams come in here, there's no question. It's not just number 97. It's look out for number 29 as well. We're going to talk a little about Jake's situation in Boston. We're joined by Louis DeBrusque. Jake played a full year with Providence in the American Hockey League. I think he had 49 points in 70 games or something like that. You know Tyler Benson. Jake came out of the Southside Athletic Club. Tyler Benson was the guy. I think you'd agree on that. Injury riddled during junior. He leads the American Hockey League in scoring uh, for rookies. He's had a terrific year. He's up to, I think, 63 points in 64 games. Can, can he... I mean, did you envision Jake doing what he did in his second pro year 
making the Bruins and becoming a regular. Now I think he's, how many tucks has he got this year? 25, 26 goals on the season, something like that. Could you see Tyler, would you rule it out of a possibility, even though the likelihood is that he might start the year down in the minors, what we think, but should we think that he's going to start? Based on the own experience that you had watching your own son uh, elevate with the Boston Bruins organization. Well, you know, I... For me, I, I, we've talked about this in the past, and I think this is great for Tyler Benson. Number one, that he's healthy, first and foremost. I think that that's the most important thing for him. He's had a real tough career um, all the way back to junior where he just suffered some really terrible injuries where he had to take a long time to recover from them. Um, that's always going to really set you back, especially as a young, young, young man trying to find your way in junior and then trying to find your way in pro hockey. So the fact that he's been healthy this year I think is fantastic. I know for a fact I saw him in the summer. He does train with Jake sometimes, and he he put a lot of work in this summer. He really did. He put a lot of work into skating, um, you know, to try and get better, to try and get more explosive off the ice, and it's translated to on the ice. So when you see that, when you see someone work that hard and then carry that forward and have the success that he's had on the ice at the American level, the best, the second best league in North America, um, I think that's fantastic. The American Hockey League is not an easy league. It's a grind. Um, you're playing against men for the first time. There's a lot of things you're trying to figure out as a young man, you know, how to you know, be on your own, travel, time commitments, all that kind of things. It's, it's just a really solid year for him. And this is not going to hurt him at all, the fact that he hasn't gotten any games to this point in the season. I think this is going to help him. This is going to motivate him. He's going to come into the offseason knowing the type of year that he had the American Hockey League, and he's going to train just as hard, if not harder, to try and uh, duplicate that and have a better season next year. And yeah, I think he will fight for a spot. He will fight for a spot on this Oilers team. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he came in and took a spot. Um, I'm kind of expecting him to, to be honest with you, Bob. I'm expecting him to come in here and really push their hand to force them to try and keep him here at the start of the year, and he should have no other attitude but that. That should be his goal, is to come in here and make this team out of camp. All right, Louie, we always like to have a little bit of fun with you here. You know that. It's always a good time. 1997. You're with the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club. I'm looking on the ice. There's Ken Hitchcock there. How many? And, and I'll hold them. I'll hold the mic here on this one. How many uh, games did you get in in the '97 playoffs against Dallas? You recall? Did you play all seven games that series? Six. You played six and seven. Which one did you not play? Game seven. Game seven. Game seven. So hey, and I, I guess it was a good decision because we won it. <laughs> And the guy that went in for me, uh, oh, was it, uh, oh, I, I can't even remember. I know that uh, Kelly went in, and I think Holbig or? Joe Holbig. Yeah, Holbig went in, and they had a big goal. They had a big goal as a line, so I can't really take it away from them. It was a good decision right. by Ron Lowe, the coach. Just take us through. I was watching it again last night, uh, the save by Cujo, who was locked in. I mean, Curtis Joseph had a 9.05 save percentage in the regular season in his NHL career, and a 9.17 save percentage in the playoffs at a time where that was, you know, guys didn't have those type of save percentages. You're, where were you, first of all, where were you watching the game? Were you up in the uh, press box or were you underneath in the room? And what do you remember about the sequence of events, the stop by Cujo, and then literally less than a minute later, uh, Todd Marchand wheeling past Grant Ledyard scoring the goal? Well, I remember vividly because I was actually down where the Zamboni comes out. I, I never, later on in my career, like after a few years, I used to like staying down working out in the room and then I'd like to watch the games from if I could by the Zamboni entrance that came out just to give a bit, a better perspective of being down on the ice at that ice level and um, that's where I was I was down the corner we had a bunch of us black aces that were you know hanging around the dressing room back out in the game and that 
in that game, you know, down to the wire and in overtime, um, just a remarkable feeling. We, you know, we we really had to battle to get it to Game Seven, and we had to make sure that we were on top of our game because Cujo was fantastic and they were pushing us every game. But you know, to see that goal go in for Todd Marchant in Game Seven was uh, pretty remarkable. It was a uh, you know a bunch of guys that came into that that series where I don't think anybody gave us a chance to win it, but we did. We won it, and uh, you know, for me, it was one of my favorite memories in uh, in my my career because it was just such a, a big step up for a team that uh, kind of clawed into the playoffs and then beat a real, real solid team in the first round. Do you know where you're going yet for the opening round of the NHL playoff? Not yet, nope. All right. Well, Louis, uh, you know what? Hopefully you'll make time for us next week. Sounds good, bud. That's Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 12:48 in Edmonton. This fall, join the president of New West Travel, Dennis Laliberti, on an exclusive visit to Italy and Greece on a spectacular 16-day holiday. It starts with a nine-day tour of Italy, visiting the beautiful cities of Rome, Florence, and Venice, then daily guided tours. You can also board the NCL Cruise Lines for a spectacular seven-night Greek island cruise. It includes meals, nightly entertainment, a private sunset dinner in gorgeous Santorini, plus parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. There's only a few seats left, so book now, call New West Travel, or visit newwesttravel.com. In our next segment, NHL Today for elite promotional marketing, more than just sportswear. Brendan Escott coming up. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 12.51 in Edmonton. Let's get to NHL today. It's brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing, more than just sportswear. And here is Brendan Escott. Thanks, Bob. It's a jam-packed night in the league tonight. 12 games across the NHL. Toronto hosting the mighty Tampa Bay Lightning. Toronto defenseman Jake Gardner will be a game-time decision for that one. Elsewhere, Montreal is in Washington. The Canucks visit Nashville. And Winnipeg is on the road in Colorado. You heard all about Glenn Sather stepping down as president of the New York Rangers. Um, I was reading conflicting reports, Bob. One says that the 75-year-old is going to remain with the franchise in an advisory role. Another says he's retiring outright so I guess we'll find out at the end of this season which has two games left in it for the Rangers. Three finalists named for the Hobie Baker Award. Former AJHL standout Kale McCarr is joined by Harvard's Adam Fox and Jimmy Schultz from St. Cloud State. Fox had 48 points in 33 games. McCarr went for 48 in 39 and Schultz had 35 in 39. Toronto Marley signed the OHL's leading goal scorer Justin Brazo to a two-year deal. He's six foot six, two twenty-five, put up sixty-one goals and one hundred and thirteen points in sixty-eight games for the North Bay Battalion. That finished second in league scoring. Bakersfield Condors fell again to the Manitoba Moose three-two at Bell MTS Place last night. They have got a six-point buffer atop the Pacific Division with four games left in their season. Next up is a road date with the San Antonio Rampage on Saturday. A reminder that. The Battle of Alberta in the second round of the WHL playoffs begins on Saturday night at Rogers Place. That is a 7 o'clock puck drop between the Oil Kings and Hitmen. And finally, Canada did knock off Switzerland 6-0 to open the Women's World Cup of Hockey over in Finland. Shannon Sabados got her 20th shutout and 50th win in a Canadian uniform. All right, you can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Let's get to it. Andy S. is Texas out of Edmonton. Hey, Bob and Brendan, just thinking how success for teams always goes hand-in-hand with great goaltenders, Fear, Ranford, Salo, Joseph. God knows we need a young Ken Dryden to spend time with uh, to get Mr. Stanley Cup. Well, 
The uh, Oilers come in tonight, I believe, with the 29th-ranked save percentage in the NHL. And they're dead last on the penalty kill. Um, it's a huge factor. The, what was the line? They say that goaltending is 70% of hockey. Unless you don't have goaltending, then it's 100% of hockey. It's not all on uh, Miko Klaskin. He tell you, he'd be the first to tell you he needs to play better of late. I think he's just exhausted, played too many games. Uh, Oilers are going to have to address this in the offseason, get another guy that can come in here and play 30 to 35 games. The one good thing is the goaltender market tends tends to be fairly deep. And, I mean, let's face it, there's 62 jobs out there. And so we'll see the caliber. But they need to, you know, we're talking about a 2 to $3 million guy to come in and work with Miko Koskinen as well. Brad in Red Deer says, Bob, wait, did the Oilers team collectively underachieve? To quote Dennis Green, the Oilers are who we thought they were. They did exactly what they were supposed to. That one from uh, Brad. Kevin says, Bob, San Jose dominates the Oilers specifically because of their defenseman's ability to transition the puck. The Oilers may get the puck into the offensive zone, but their D turns the puck over and moves it in the right direction immediately. It's exactly what the Oilers should be looking to replicate moving forward. Leave the forwards alone and fix the defense. Again, my belief, we've gone, this will be the 23rd consecutive game, the same defense pairings. Clefbaum with Larson, Nurse with Russell, Sekiro with Benning. I believe we'll only have four of those six guys back next year. Uh, and we are in next year's country, unfortunately. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Brian S. says, go ahead, Bob. Tell Louie you picked the Leafs to beat the Bruins. I have told Louie that. Go Bruins. Go Patriots. Go Red Sox. Go Penguins. Go Liverpool. Go Eskies. And Oilers in three years. Well, I guess we found out which teams Brian likes. Uh, Kevin says, Bob, there have been rumors that Eric Carlson would like to play in Tampa Bay with Victor Hedman. Do you think Sergachev could be available if Carlson does indeed sign there? Well, Sergachev is going to be cheap, and Tampa Bay is going to need cheap defensemen. What I could see happening is Tampa Bay needed to shed some cap space at forward because they're also going to have to get Braden Point signed. So who does that make available? Because there's no way they're trading Braden Point. He's a stud. Uh, hey, Bob, is this a reasonable offer for both sides? Trade Nugent Hopkins, uh, Sakura, and Caleb Jones for P.K. Subban. Sakura is just to even out the money. So Nashville basically gets Nugent Jones. Your thoughts? Um, all right. P.K. Subban's a great defense, but he makes $9 million a year. Nashville hasn't kicked it out of the park yet. I, I, you know, I think Edmonton has three foundational building blocks at forward. Obviously, Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, Ryan Nugent, Hopkins, and then Clefbaum and Nurse on defense. I think that's a pretty good starting place. You got to give to get. I know a lot of people uh, made reference to the comments from Craig Simpson on yesterday's edition of Oilers Now. Um, how do you replace the goals that Ryan Nugent Hopkins has given? He's basically scored 25 goals a year for the last three years. Certainly if you prorate a full year, because last year he only played 62 games and had 24 goals. He's got 28 goals and 67 points. I think he's getting better as a player. But again, you got to give to get. We'll see. I wouldn't mind maybe getting a guy in the $5.5 million range instead of a $9 million range right shot D, because you got some other guys coming. 
We'll go off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. And when we come back for Canadian Power Pack, and speaking of Canadian Power Pack, we will tell you, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service electrical prefabrication, solar Brian Burke, coming up after global news weather traffic update. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.